0: Ladies and gentlemen, get your Xanax ready. I'm Kit Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm
1: Richard Barden. And this is Mad How About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. you realize that? Oh, yeah. the whole world
0: got crazy, it's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go to podcast for all things cinema. talk movie news, movie rumors. Give you a detailed analysis of our chosen movie of the week. Don't worry, we'll warn you before we go into spoilers. Please mm-hmm. stay tuned till the end of the episode for a week recommends in which we suggest something you guys need to check out as soon as possible. Uh, this week we are focusing our efforts on what, Brian? Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine. <laughs> No, I have never been to San Francisco. I'll be staying with my sister. Jasmine. Oh, my God. Look at you. <laughs> Your place is homey. Oh, the flight was bumpy. The food was awful. I mean, you'd think first class. I-, I thought you were tapped out. I'm dead broke. Really, I mean, the government took everything. All I can say is you look great. Oh, uh, now who's lying? You, Jasmine. I always, I always wonder... And maybe you guys know this, and we'll have to talk about it maybe a little bit more once we talk more about Blue Jasmine. How does Woody come up with these names in mm. these movies? Interesting. You know, he, he probably thought of the name Blue Jasmine before he wrote the movie.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me.
0: Wouldn't it surprise me. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk more about all things Woody Allen and Blue Jasmine a little bit later in the show. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin! I want to mention one thing before we before we get going. I came across a little infographic on the interwebs uh, today, and it has to do with the wealthiest movie directors in the world. And I just wanted to see if we could, if you guys actually could go on down a list and see if we could name who we think the wealthiest directors are uh, now. The data was compiled from... Uh, celebrity net worth. So without googling, and I'm sure you are right now. Mm-hmm. Whoever was typing there, Richard.
1: It was I, I was <laughs> typing,
0: but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not googling. I sure uh, Who do you got, who, Brian? Who do you think the number one? So it's like, director. So we're talking
2: like their total, like everything they've made, not like of what they made the Rich's last year ever. Yeah. Uh,
1: James Cameron,
0: number one. Richard. That would be, be my name.
1: guess. I would say Lucas because he just sold. Mm. He just sold the yeah, Star Wars dumb. thing for, for like $5 billion or whatever.
0: And Richard is correct. Boom.
1: Number duh, one duh, duh. is
0: George Lucas with an estimated net worth of over $3 billion. Uh, so, Brian, who do you think number two is?
2: <laughs> uh, Spielberg or James Cameron. That would be my,
1: my two guesses. Richard. Uh, I'm going to go with Spielberg. Just he's made more movies. That's correct. Boom, killing it.
0: Steven Spielberg, number two, number three. Brian, you had it. (laughs) Okay, there it is. James James Cameron. James Cameron. Number four might come as a surprise. Brian, who do you think number four is as the wealthiest director ever Uh, or uh, currently?
2: I don't know. That's a. After you get past those three, you get into like I don't know, Chris Nolan or, man, maybe Ridley Scott. I don't know, it's probably somebody... It's probably Woody Allen, since we're doing Woody Allen movies tonight. I don't know, Woody Allen.
0: No. I know it's (laughs) not... No, No, that is... I'm sorry. sorry. He's not even on the list, if that (laughs) makes you... uh, So
1: Kit Kit said it was a surprise, and he said it with a chuckle in his mouth. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's like Michael Bay... It's gotta be Michael Bay. Or... Oh.
2: Um,
1: Uh, Okay, part of you... No, part of me wants to say Tyler Perry, but I'm not I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna go Michael Bay. Brian?
2: Hey Zemeckis. I don't know. It's Tyler Perry. <laughs> no! ah! Now I we had
0: it. Now we're done we <laughs> should
2: have been smarter.
0: Richard, it's not racist to think that an African American man can be the fourth uh no, director of all time. It's not
1: at all. I just wish it was any other African American director. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry Yeah. Is uh, number
0: four. uh, Well, he he self-produces. When I tell you the rest of this list, you're going to be shocked. Okay. He makes a lot of money. There's no doubt. But for him to be ahead of some of these other names is incredible. So directly behind Tyler Perry at number five, we have Michael Bay. Mm. I see.
1: I was close. I'm on this list. Do you know I'm good at this?
0: You are good at this. Now, who do you think number six is then, Uh, Richard? All right. So we did – so we have, right now, as the wealthiest directors, number one, Lucas, Spielberg, James Cameron, Tyler Perry, Michael Bay.
1: Uh, behind oh, them, it's got to be uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Peter Jackson. That's correct! <laughs> now I have no idea. I think those are the only f- like five or six directors I know.
0: Now, Brian, <laughs> who do you think is that? <laughs> <Brian's? laughs>
1: There's only I've a done, few more I wanna name. Yeah, because I've
2: done so well up to this point. <laughs> um gosh, I don't know. Is Ridley Scott somewhere on that list?
0: Ridley Scott is on the list.
2: Uh man. Steven Soderbergh. I, I don't know. I have no I
0: have, Okay. I'm <laughs> gonna go ahead and name it. It's the Wachowskis okay. behind Peter Jackson. Yeah. And then Rob Reiner oh, Wow. behind them. Barry wow. Levinson.
1: What?
2: Yeah. Wow. Black Scott. What?
0: Man. Barry Levinson,
1: Scott. no. Barry Levinson did Ben in Black and probably has like Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he do Ben in Black? Yeah. No, that was yeah.
0: No, that was um Sure. Sh- it was not Barry Levinson. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. It was the guy same guy that did uh, Wild Wild West. That was no, Barry Sodafield. You're right. I Sonnenfeld. always yeah. Sonnenfeld, yeah. Barry. and it. I knew last S name.
1: So, now, I don't know what Barry Levinson has money from. Seriously, I'm looking up his look, credits look right now. Yeah, That's the, why I wanted to bring this up. The key this to this is, is self-producing, right? And getting outside that studio system.
0: I'm so, guessing.
1: Because Tyler Perry produces all the stuff in-house, so he makes all the profits. Sure. Um, and, and then, obviously, Lucas. with You know, that money's, you think it's from Star Wars. It's not. It, it's from industrial-like magic. Barry,
2: um, Barry Levinson must be just making... Bank off of residuals from like yeah. TNT and stuff because his his cre- his early credits you know are like Diner, The Natural, Good Morning sure. Vietnam, uh, Rain Man, and then after that Here. I mean disclosure Sleepers is a great movie but it's not like that's making any money Wag the Dogs Fear. Is he produced anything? I don't
1: know, man. Uh, he invested well. Get some. She yeah, some Net worth
0: of over one hundred and fifty million dollars. So. Wow.
1: Wow. We gotta get investment tips
0: from this guy. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I don't, he, he doesn't either. produce anything, bro? He
2: does, but nothing that's nothing like. That, that, that. Yeah, so that he's like, the got, band got a lot
0: of TV credits,
2: like Oz. Yeah. And
1: Same here, and Copper and stuff if like he that. He made uh, that much money from analyze that and analyze <laughs> right. this. Weird. Anyway, sorry. This is probably really boring for the listeners, but.
0: Uh, so we got Ridley Scott after Barry Levinson. Believe it or not, it's crazy. Uh, Ron Howard. Roland Emmerich, Gore Verbinski, Guy Ritchie, John Lasseter. All yeah, the way down at the bottom of the list with a $100 million net worth. Weird. That's crazy. I'm surprised
2: Ron Howard's not higher up, given how he has his hands in so many things.
1: Yeah. Tarantino, too. Coppola, because, you know, I like Godfather merch.
0: Yeah.
1: You think maybe his deal wasn't that good. Uh, yeah, anyway. I don't
0: know. I don't know how accurate it's this list is. Tim Burton, too. This is just the list I've seen. So. Tim
1: Burton's another one I'm surprised doesn't have more money. Scorsese should have more money.
0: Gosh. Yeah. And it Better just school. makes you think, I wonder what kind of deals Barry Levinson negotiated when he made his movies. You know, maybe he yes. negotiated more money up front or more back Straight end cash, in. Straight cash, homie. You know, <laughs> like, what? what happened to, you know, the... Christopher Nolan's not even on here. Yeah. And I thought each Batman movie made over a billion dollars, so... <laughs> Right, so he's not managed. I don't know what the deal is there. it's an It's
2: a strange list. I'm I'm shocked that it's, Rob yeah. Reiner
0: is that high as well, just because when was the last time he had
2: a a worthwhile movie? I mean, he net some worth. Stuff, Keep in mind, but... this is net worth. Yeah, I know, but still, but, it's, like, but, I, but I would in not this day and, day and age,
0: him... is Barry Levinson's net worth more net worth worth more than Christopher Nolan's? Like, what?
2: Yeah, I, I, I just
0: you know. You got you got me on that one. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention for movie news? No. I know this is going to be a short and sweet little bonus episode for you guys. Um, but anything else you guys want to mention? No. Mm-hmm. Got Yeah. I got one more thing. Um, Pirates Five has been pushed back to 2015. That's a good thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> and GI Joe Three has officially been oh, greenlit. That's... And will be made. It, pretty what soon. was okay?
2: What was the news I saw on Gij Joe Three? Uh, who? Let's see. Oh, they uh, they hired a screenwriter. Would well, you like to know the who the screenwriter, screenwriter is? New for the, That's new for no. the guys, right? That's the first screenwriter they hired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Well, I'm gonna, gonna nice. look up the gentleman's name. Um, and his name is Evan Darty. And he is also responsible for Snow White and the Huntsman. So, so moving up, G. I. Joe moving three. On
0: up. Up. Better than G.I. Joe two, Snow White and the Huntsman, maybe? No? Yeah, I mean look, here's this here's the deal.
2: G. I. Joe one is a truly horrible piece of crap. G. I. Joe two is just a horrible piece of crap. So if this follows in the footsteps, then <laughs> maybe we can get this up to like a C minus or something. So I mean you gotta have you gotta set your standards low, and uh, but uh, you know just keep progressing, guys. By the by, the ninth or
0: tenth one will uh, be pretty decent, right? I'm, i might be my most anticipated movie ever. GI Joe three.
1: No, you, you meant to, to say you might you meant to say never. <laughs> no,
0: I'm trying to think. I'm just I, I could not be even more sarcastic.
2: Crowded summer too, like yeah. Mm. Crowded summer for Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. They, they knew they were gonna. They that that Depp, Uh, that movie that you know, the one where he's the cowboy. What was that called? Yeah. Um, I've already <laughs> forgotten about it. That one, uh, I think that I think he's that was Yeah, whatever he was, he was. <laughs> I didn't stay that long. Um, he, I think that scared Disney a little bit, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, stop making it. Don't don't make this movie. Like, let me give Disney a little advice. Just you're gonna you're gonna have Star Wars money and and goodwill coming in that year. So just just leave it at that. Just stop. Yeah.
1: Maybe wait. Like, maybe I'd be excited to see a pirates movie in like two
2: thousand
1: three. <laughs> got him. Oh, that was a got him. <laughs> um, maybe like two thousand thirty one. An old <laughs> grizzled Jack Sparrow. You know, I'd be down for that. So let's just wait a while. But the thing is is that, I mean, I don't know if they will for this one. They certainly didn't for Lone Ranger. But the foreign, these foreign people that ruin everything for us, you know, the ones (laughs) that we should go to war with because they go see awful movies, um, they go see these Pirates movies. Thanks for the support, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Let's talk about. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com mad. That's blueapron.com mad. Get three meals on us for free nothing goes better with a movie than dinner so check out blue apron BlueApron.com slash mad blue apron a better way to cook blue jasmine
2: you choose
0: losers because that's what you think you deserve and that's why you'll never have a better life she doesn't care about you she's a phony can you please not fight in here don't think i can take it for some reason my xanax isn't kicking in
2: anxiety, nightmares, and a nervous breakdown. There's only so many traumas a person can withstand till they take to the streets and start screaming.
0: You guys are going to have to take over on this one, I think. A little bit more. You guys are more of the Woody Allen people, especially you, Richard. So yeah. Richard definitely Richard start shows. us off. Yeah, start off start off the start off this segment. This is all you. Talk okay. to us about Woody. Uh sure. tell us some of your favorite Woody, Woody, Woody Allen. stuff. Woody Allen, some of your favorite Woody Allen, some of your um, least favorite Woody Allen, and give us a little rundown before we get into it.
1: Absolutely. So uh, Woody Allen, uh, this is his return to the United States, Uh, this movie. as You know, he spent the last, I don't know, 10 years or so making films uh, abroad. Uh, And, you know, Woody makes a few different kinds of movies. He makes kind of these dramedies. He makes flat-out comedies, and then he makes these movies where he really tries to showcase uh, a single uh, actor or actress, uh, and you just hope to God that that actor or actress is not him. And uh, so, uh, you know, this, this has probably fallen into the latter case. You know, this is a movie that is really just a, a uh, showcase for Kate Blanchett, with some very good supporting uh, uh, parts in there, too. Uh, but uh, this is, a, I think, a must-see if, if you're interested in acting at all. I think it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful performance by by Blanchett as well as you know really everyone in the movie. Uh, it's probably not as fun of a watch as Midnight in Paris that came out a couple years ago, um, but it's you know look, what he's 77 years old. He's been doing this for a long time, and, and if he can hit on one out of every four movies, that that's that's pretty good when you're making one a year. Um, and so I, I think this this hits pretty well, and uh, it's probably less funny than a lot of Woody movies. Probably more hits on that. Uh, a lot of like some of the stuff in the '70s, um, but it's you know he's he's uh, has a great cinematographer with him. The movie looks great. He's he's he, the music's fa- fabulous. It's it's a smart movie. Um, it's it's not the most electrifying script of all time, uh, but the the performances really carry it. Uh, my favorite my favorite what is uh i like gosh i love manhattan which is on Net- netflix or at least it was uh pretty pretty recently um which is uh, i think awesome uh annie hall obviously Hannah and her sisters is, is okay but i think that one's a little overrated um i'm trying to think what else i'm looking at the filmography here uh bolts over broadway is fun uh and then there's a really dark period late 90s, early 2000s, where he just made some really terrible movies. But then he kind of picked it back up again with Match Uh once he, he went abroad and got reinvigor- reinvigorated. But uh, the one I probably enjoy the most is uh, the ones that are kind of, I don't know, uh, based on some... He did this movie called Love and Death in the 70s, which is based off of Russian literature. It's kind of a parody of like Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and stuff, and that's a really, really funny movie. And then also... Uh, Stardust memories as well, so uh, I'll stop talking now because I'm tired of me talking. Uh, <laughs> but what, I'm interested. What'd you guys? What'd you guys think,
0: Brian?
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm not a I'm not. It's not that I'm not a Woody Allen fan. It's that I just haven't seen. It's that he has 900 movies and I haven't yeah. seen that many of them. Um, I think I've mentioned before. I you know I'm not good at catching up on classic cinema. Um, just because I, I try really hard to see as many movies from the current year that I possibly can. Um, that's how I try to serve the listener and the reader is to, to see a hundred movies from 2013 you know um, And so that leaves me with not a whole lot of time to go back and catch up on on the old stuff. Um, and as Richard just mentioned, uh, the the first few Woody Allen movies that I saw were from that. That early, yeah. that uh, ni- that late nineties early two thousand period that are just they're really bad. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, terrible. Curse of the Jade Scorpion and yes. <laughs> Melinda and Melinda. I think uh. honestly the two fir- the first two Woody Allen movies that I saw, and the last two that I saw for quite a while um, because I just they're terrible and I didn't understand.
1: Yeah, um, what
2: the deal was? Yeah, what the deal? What the the big deal was? I'll tell you one that I really like that never gets mentioned um, and because it's really not it's it's such a different thing than what you usually get with Woody Allen but it's uh 2007 called uh, Cassandra's Dream with okay. Colin Farrell and Uma yeah. McGregor and I'm a I'm kind of a big Colin Farrell fan. It's not it's not a movie that's like I any mean, kind of groundbreaking material or anything but it's such a dark kind of twisty deal that's really not it, you would never guess that it's a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I think it's a it's a very underrated kind of cool movie, and that kind of got my my piqued my interest enough. And then uh, Midnight in Paris last year, um, or 2011, excuse me, was uh, was just a, a really outstanding movie, and I, and I uh, I'm surprised I was surprised by how much I liked it, to be honest. Um, and I thought that Owen Wilson was one of the better. Uh, Woody impersonators, um, yeah. from any of these movies, and 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 really it was th- that the story was just such an interesting and uh, light, mm-hmm. airy sort of uh, sort of plot. So, uh, I, I liked it quite a bit, and that's kind of got me back into the swing with with Woody to the point that I've, I've seen I went and I saw I saw Annie Hall for the first time since I saw Midnight in Paris, and uh, and it's obviously it's great, um. Manhattan, at one point, I added it to my queue. I don't know if I ever watched or not. But anyway, caught a couple more uh, of his old ones and and have started to really kind of understand what it is that made him great and why he has such a great um, reputation now. Uh, so that's kind of my background with, with Woody. I don't know, Kit, if you want to jump in with your, your Woody Allen thoughts or if you want to just talk with Jasmine go- from
0: here on Talk to me about Blue Jasmine first, and I'll okay. give you my thoughts here. Sure. Get. So uh, it's it's not
2: nearly as uh, it for me. It's not nearly as much fun to watch as uh, Midnight in Paris, and it's not overly uh, humorous, even in that kind of classically Woody way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main thing is this: the movie I can take or leave. To be honest, I don't I don't really care about what's happening most of the time. Uh, but Kate Blanchett is just so great and if she's not nominated for an Oscar come uh, come January I'm going to be furious. Yeah. Um, I thought she was just absolutely amazing and uh, and man I mean look Woody does a great job I think of if you'll work with him, he'll work with you to give you the best opportunity to showcase what you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, the, the the combination of of, uh, of Woody Allen and Kate C- Blanchett is is uh, spectacular. Um, so that was the my big takeaway from this movie is just how how outstanding uh, Blanchett is in a very difficult role and a role that asked her to do about honestly asked her to play about three or four different people.
1: Yeah, um, and, and, have, and be kind of funny and oddly likable and (laughs) like it's uh that's pretty demanding absolutely
2: so she's fantastic the supporting actors are all uh very good Alec Baldwin and uh dude um Andrew Dice Clay was really good in this like it's so weird that that's (laughs) I mean
1: that's that's a sentence you can utter yeah yeah
2: but uh he has he has honestly I think maybe the certainly the most real moment in the whole movie when he confronts yeah. uh, Jasmine yeah. on the street. is just a very, it's only like a minute and a half, but it it's really sticks with you. It's really strong. Um, so no, it's it, lots of great performances uh, that make it a worthwhile movie. I, like I said, I don't necessarily so much care about the story a whole yeah. lot, but uh, the way I did with Midnight in Paris. But anyway, uh, from an acting standpoint, just superb.
0: Great, thanks. I totally agree with you there. Great stuff by Blanchett. I mean, she absolutely brings her a game in mm-hmm. every form and fashion in this film. Totally agree with you. I'm sorting your boat, Brian. I'm not not a Woody Allen fan. I'm just not familiar with all of his work. I mean, with me, everything I've seen of his, I've probably seen you know half a dozen of his movies. It's it's almost the same thing. Every time, Not every time, but I mean it's very much – you know what you're going to get uh, sure. there. And not to say that that's bad because I know what I'm going to get and that's a great thing to know when you're spending almost 10 bucks to go to a theater, what kind of experience you're going to have. And you're 99.9% of the time going to enjoy yourself uh, unless you're watching – Again, Curse of Jade, Scorpion. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it came out after like nine eleven too. Like, yeah. time, like just, yeah. no one, yeah, it was just weird in in all ways. But I sort of take the the stance you guys took on Spectacular now with this one. Yeah, it's not that it's not not, not that it's bad. It's just that I don't care that much. I sure. mean, a lot of this is, I mean. You guys are older than me, but you're not that much older. But I mean it's adult drama, you know, and it's like – maybe it's just because I haven't experienced a lot of that yet that I'm not – I can't appreciate it more. Sure. But it was great, um, you know, great performances and everything. And like you guys felt about the high school drama. I felt about the adult drama. Sure. You know, maybe – with spectacular now, I was just looking back at my memories. With this, I'm just like looking at my future, and it scared me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But man, great relationships here, just great ensemble, really. And the actors play off each other very well. Great, Peter Sarsgaard's really good. Yeah, yeah. good. And man, Blanchett though, she's just she's just so great. Lucy yeah. K. Great little cameo performance. Mm-hmm. Which kind of wish we'd gotten more out of that. Because, I mean, I, I think Louis could act if he gets the right stuff. Oh, totally. I mean, I think, Woody, show, you know?
1: I think Woody will be the next – I mean, I'm sorry. I think Louis will be the next – this generation's Woody. They're really similar. I mean, you know, people forget uh, Woody's a stand-up at heart. And he's actually talking about doing it again, which I think would be really amusing. But, you know, he started as a stand-up, and it's one of the best stand-ups ever. Uh, and he hasn't even done it in, in 40 years. Uh, I could totally see Louis, you know – once his, he's kind of doing it now with his for, uh, with his show in the short form, uh, but I can see him going long form with some really great movies. You know, kind of maybe even some dramas uh, from him uh, in the future.
0: Yeah. So my review is: I would give this movie. I would recommend this movie to anyone. But like, it's just more of the same from Woody. I mean, not that yeah. that's bad. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think it compares to Midnight in Paris, really. I don't think that I don't think that Blue Jasmine is one of his gonna be. He's gonna go down in history because of it. You know. Maybe. No. 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 No, I mean, no. You, you, Richard. That's why I wanted your thoughts is because you you probably compare it to more of his canon than I can. You
1: know. Yeah. No. So. It's a, look, he's got three types of movies, and this is probably the fewest type. He he has the the, the Annie halls, the Manhattan's. Uh, maybe Midnight in Paris will end up being in there. We'll see how history judges it. Uh, movies that are like everyone enjoys. They're, they're great. And then he makes really bad movies. Um, Curse of the <laughs> Jade, Scorpion, Melinda, and Melinda, Small Time Crooks being among them. Um, yeah. but, then, but then every once in a while he does one that's kind of just like, wow, that had some really cool parts, but it wasn't like a fully formed thing. Um, I think this fits into that latter category.
0: And maybe you're right. And maybe I'll have to see it again. But I did enjoy it. And I don't want that impression to get off here. But I'm definitely... It wasn't on my top five list. I can't remember no. if it made yours or not.
1: Uh, but, I don't think it did. If it was, it was up there. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie, and it was up there, but I don't think it made my top my top list.
0: Yeah, just great stuff here. That mainly the casting. Yeah, I mean, hats off for Dice Clay. I mean, really, I can't. I don't think I've said it yet on this show, but man, Dice Clay. Anytime you can get him involved. I mean he's my he's my guy.
1: Dickory dickery doc. As soon as,
0: I, as soon as I get the money and I can make my own movie, first guy I'm calling. A D C. Yeah. The Dice Man. The Dice. The dice man. But man, what what do you what do you want to talk about more about this movie, Richard? Because um, you're I mean you've you've recommended it two weeks in a row. So anything, yeah. no, what, what did you really enjoy about it? Uh, what did you hate about it? Maybe. Sure.
1: Um. No, what, what I didn't like about it, what, where where its flaws are probably in. Um, I mean, it's 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 good how it doesn't really resolve itself. I kind of like that where she, uh, uh, kind of like we're talking with spectacular now where she's she's crazy and then she she kind of ends crazy. Um, it, she goes through a very um, emotional. Uh, eventful few months and then at the end of those eventful few months she's essentially the same person she was. Uh, she's hallucinating on the street, right? Um, that was good. I, 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 I think this movie could have been... There were some funny parts. Um, it opens very funny with the uh, the old lady in the airport who she like tells her whole life story to and uh, can't get away from her. Uh, that was funny. But I could have used a little more laughs throughout. I think Not like everything has to be funny um, but this could have been I think added some depth to it with a little more... A little more humor, but it was played a little more naturally. Um, it was and st- other stuff I liked. I really liked, uh, you know, the thing what he does best at least lately is is making movies almost as a as a tribute to a certain city, and it was really cool to see San Francisco like that. Um, yeah, and cool to see him do an American city after uh, ten years, almost kind of in some sort of odd exile, which you know happens when you marry your stepdaughter. Um, <laughs> but. But uh, I mean, those were really my thoughts. I, I just thought it was it was a smart uh, movie. We definitely were seeing and, and and enjoying. And you know, like I said, Woody's seventy seven. So you gotta how many more of these do we have? Um, who knows? But uh, it, it, it's it's always fun to see him do his thing. I, I wonder if he'll ever act again. Do you guys think he ever will? I mean, I don't really care, but it's it's interesting to see if he does. Um, I think he will. He's really moved behind the camera the last few years, but he's, uh, he's doing something now that I want to talk about this. Uh, The reason I want to do the podcast, did you see who his next, uh, muse or Kate Blanchett type person is? Who? Emma Stone is the lead in the new Woody Allen movie. Is she really? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's intriguing.
1: Yeah. I thought, I I think she's the type that could pull, especially if it's funny, could really pull, uh, something of his off. We'll see. I also highly recommend he has, he writes, uh, short stories and funny essays, he publishes, like, one book every, like, ten years. There's, like, three or four of his books um, that are really funny. Also, you, on Spotify, if anyone has Spotify, you can find Woody's old stand-up on there, which is still really, really, really funny, yeah. Um, I listen to it every once in a while, and it's 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 really good. Um, and, you know, his his uh, he's such, such a brilliant person, and he, like, you know, he's kind of like Steve Martin. And, um And something that's really funny, but that might be like the third most interesting thing about them. Like he's like incredibly fluent in uh, philosophy. He's an incredible clarinet player. There's a documentary on Netflix called Wild Man Blues, which just follows Woody Allen on a clarinet tour um, around the world (laughs) Um, with his jazz band. I mean, it's he's he's a pretty eclectic, interesting, super I think super intelligent, super talented person. And whenever those people make creative things that are remotely watchable, I, I think it's important we watch them.
0: Brian, any more thoughts? Anything you want to say about negativity towards uh, towards Blue Jasmine? No, I mean, Richard
2: hit it. It's, it's it's not a... It's not very... Look, again, I don't have to have laugh-out-loud humor all the time, but I think it could have used a little more... a little infusion of humor it doesn't quite pull that out the way that you kind of expect it to. Um... You yeah, know, it's but really, this is a movie that anybody who's listening to our podcast, we we assume you're a big movie fan. You need to see this movie just just because of the performance, because it's just such a uh, mm-hmm. such a platform for great and really understated, simple, subtle performances. Mm-hmm. We, we've mentioned over and over again, but I think that's one of the things that you get with a Woody movie uh, like this is that you you have just a, an opportunity to just. Go out and and just kind of showcase what you yeah. what you do, and uh, so you get the the Sars guards and the Louis C.K.'s Ks and uh, Baldwin and all these guys are getting to do uh, Bobby Cannavale and and getting. Oh, to he's do, great. He's always oh, great. Always.
1: Cannavale needs to be bigger. I love yeah. that guy. Cannavale. Yeah. I love it's Cannavale or Cannavale, whatever it is. He's he is always the goods and everything.
2: Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's a look. It's a it's a great it's a great showcase for for acting, um, even if the, you know, even if you're not totally enthused about, uh, the plot or the, you know, where, where it heads and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I say, I mean, everybody needs to see Woody's newest movies just to see where Woody stands in the world, you know, like he's sort of just kind of a, such a tentpole filmmaker Mm -hmm. that if you're going to like movies and and say that you're a movie lover, you just, every time, you know, Woody releases a movie, you need to see it, just to see where he's at right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and I will continue seeing his movies, just, just for that, you know, just mm-hmm. to see what he's up to, you know, what he's going for now, and be, how his, how his stuff has evolved,
1: so. It'll be interesting to see, like, kind of where he goes, because, um, yeah, he's doing the, Emma Stone movie, he's talking about doing stand-up again, which I think would be really, it's, like, the longest break ever. I mean, I think he stopped doing stand-up <laughs> in, like, 1968. I'm not even kidding. Um, and he, he saw somebody do it recently and was like, I'd like to give that another shot. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if he had a really foul, like, F-bomb-filled HBO special? <laughs> Just worked blue the entire yeah. time. Yeah, he's, he's wearing, like, a yellow, He's wearing a leather jumpsuit like Eddie Murphy and Raw. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see where, where where he goes. Okay, you you that's a really interesting point. Like he's he's like a important cultural figure. He's an American yeah. not not an American treasure in the uh, sense that we use it for for. I don't know if he's he's earned the uh, Woody Harrelson, Bill Murray American treasure <laughs> status, but in the the true sense of it, like he's a distinctive American voice yeah. uh, of the last fifty years. And even when that voice is wrong or, or not as good, uh you know, like what, what, maybe there's some Bob Dylan records over the last fifteen it's years like, that haven't been it's great. Like Spike
0: Lee. Yeah. I mean we're, we're probably gonna do Spike Lee's newest movie, Old Boy, later in the year. It doesn't mean we're gonna like seeing it or go see it. But you <laughs> he's such a
1: Yeah p- platform he's a
0: filmmaker, you have to see what he's doing, how yeah. he's pushing it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah,
1: go. No, I think I think that's that's interesting. Um. So yeah, good. Good point, Ken. I think that's that's really astute.
0: Cool. Thank you. Um. Let's move on then, and let's uh, let's give weekly recommend. Weekly
2: recommends.
0: All right, Brian Gill. Weekly recommend.
2: Um. Yeah. So this week, I think I sent you the article. Richard. Hmm. Uh, yeah. John Krakauer published a, a blog article about uh, Chris McKinless. Um the 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 guy who is the the uh, inspiration for the book Into the Wild, which is uh, just probably my favorite book uh, of all time. And um, anyway, of, of interest to me and anyone who else who, who has read that book or, or seen the movie, uh, he he came to a different conclusion as to what actually killed Chris, um, and uh, it was very very interesting to me. So uh, it, it kind of uh, it's been. I bet it's been five or eight years since I've, uh, since I've read, uh, since I've read the book. And so I, I, picked it up this week and, and I'm not going to read it cover to cover because I've read it four or five or six times in the past, but, uh, I've just been thumbing through it and it is just such a, I, I recommend that book to just about anybody because it's, it's so interesting to me if for no other reason than to see the difference that people the difference in opinion that people have about him and about the the uh trek that he he made whether he is an inspiration and a hero and a a rebel who just uh went off on his own and to to go to go against the grain or if if you think of him as a complete idiot um i just think it's such an interesting difference of opinion there and i feel like Anytime I talk to somebody who's read that book, I you know that's one of the things I want to know is how they how they feel about about Chris, and I feel like you can maybe it's just total in, oversimplifying things, but I feel like you can you can tell a lot about a person just based on how they feel about uh, about the book, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing. So if you've never read Into the Wild, uh, it's definitely. Uh, definitely an outstanding read. Definitely worth your time. The movie also is great. I think the movie is on Netflix. It was my second favorite movie of, of 2007. Um, and uh, if if you have read the book, seen the movie, you know the story and all that, find hours piece that he published last week. I think it was on the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, it's in the New Yorker. No, new new, new Yorker, Yorker. New Yorker. Yeah, there it is. Uh, about the the new discovery in terms of what, what it is that actually... Uh, actually did him in.
0: Sweet. Thanks, Brian. I love Into the Wild. I own the book and the movie. Great stuff. Fantastic. Definitely. Uh, Let me get my week recommend before you, Richard. What? Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm going to recommend a TV show, comedy. Um, I believe it's on FX in the States, if you're listening to this in the US. It's on Netflix, pretty much everywhere else. It's called Wilfred, starring Elijah Wood.
1: Yeah.
0: And pretty funny, clever TV show. I know it's not an original American show. I'm not saying that. (laughs) <laughs> but the American version is pretty pretty good. I believe it stars the same guy as Wilfred, mm-hmm. as does. the Australian version. But man, pretty funny, unique comedy show. I don't think it gets enough publicity anymore. It did last season for season one. Season two was, is strong that, too.
1: But, but it's it. like on season three right now, isn't it? Is or it? Season four, even yeah, on I Netflix. Because so. I'm a couple years behind. It's on. There's two on Netflix, so. Okay, well, it's yeah. on right now. It's two just came on. out on, just got added yeah. to
0: Netflix. That's what I meant. Well, so those two seasons are great. So yeah. I just wanted to say watch those. And it's really, really funny. I don't own a dog, but I'm told if you own a dog, it's like ten times more funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to own a dog,
1: and then you go back and rewatch. it. <laughs> <laughs> you bought a dog just to fully understand what Yeah, yeah. You can have my dog. So yeah, or mine, man. Him, so. Yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> and I want to own a Wilfred costume. A buddy of mine owns one. Yeah. <laughs> and strong. it's just the best Halloween costume to own. Yeah. You know, you just wear it, paint your nose black, and you're good to go. <laughs> so, yeah, just a funny show about a guy and his dog called Wilfred on Netflix, on FX. Check it out. Richard, we'd recommend
1: Mine, You know, I think this is the one thing I haven't recommended. I've recommended songs and books and movies and TV shows. I'm now going to recommend a channel. Oh, Brian's with me on this. Everybody, you got to get the red Tub? zone.
0: Yes.
1: Oh. Red zone. You got to get the red zone. It's like seven oh. bucks a month. It's just, it makes every Sunday so much better. It's the NFL red zone. You sit there. It's just, it flips through the games for you. You know, especially when your team's not playing, you just kind of want to watch some basic NFL action. But the two ga- the, for some reason, the only game on is on CBS, and it's, you know, Jacksonville and the Raiders. Right. And you just want to gouge your eyes out. Well, this right. lets you just go watch every other game, yeah. and uh, it's such a great invention and so cheap, really, for the value you get out of it. And
2: uh, if you're a fantasy NFL football rhythm, player, it is a must. have yes, Because like, yes. I don't have a team in the NFL. I grew up a Raiders fan, and 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 had to stop because it was going to make me kill myself. Um, and I've never, I I've never been able to adopt a, a, a new team. Um, so I, all I'm interested in in the NFL beyond just, you know, the love of football is how my fantasy teams are doing. And so it's it's the greatest thing ever to go. Yeah. Today I had a 30-second back-to-back-to-back of Des Bryant catching a touchdown, Randall Cobb catching a touchdown, and Julio Jones catching a touchdown, who are all on my team. And it was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Great 30 seconds, you know. Uh, it's one of the best technology inventions of all time.
1: Yeah. Much better than air conditioning or indoor plumbing, I would say.
2: Yeah, definitely better than plumbing. I don't know. Air yeah. conditioners pretty serious. <laughs> we, but We do live in
1: Texas.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, today I was watching uh, the Cowboys game. After that, I realized, holy crap, I don't have NFL Red Zone. Uh, uh, because I was gone all last Sunday. I wasn't watching any of the games, so I didn't know. So, luckily, on On my cable, on UVerse, you could order it immediately. You didn't have to wait a day or whatever. Yeah. So I just ordered it immediately. Yeah, I watched the whole second half of today's action on NFL Red Zone. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, this is just one of the greatest inventions of all time. No commercials is the greatest part. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like I was watching a game on Fox, and during commercials, I would just go to NFL Red Zone. Yeah. And catch up on all the other games going on around the around the league, so it's just a great... And I mean, if you're not yeah. familiar with it, basically what it is, is during Sundays, when all the games are going on, it automatically switches between which game is the most interesting at the time. Yeah. So you're always getting... You're getting every single highlight plus live action of 90... Probably 90% of the games, you'll get... At least yeah. get some, some stuff in there live, it, so... It's the ultimate indicator of what an ADD society we
2: are, because it's just like... You spend twenty seconds in one place, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna take you out to St. Louis. We got a, we got a, you know, touchdowns about to happen there." And then, all right, now we're gonna head out to Seattle, and it's just nonstop, nonstop action. It's the best.
0: It is amazing. It's saving the NFL right now, or it, it's actually <laughs> yeah. probably hurting the NFL because people would rather watch that than go to the game. They really would. Oh yeah, I would too. Absolutely it's it, it, it's hard for, to convince me to go fight a crowd anymore yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with the old people on that one crowds are awful <laughs> so uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week
1: I just want to apologize for uh, my roommate teaching himself Maroon 5 on the piano uh, the entire podcast
0: I thought he was doing that on purpose you were like gonna pay him to accompany all your good thoughts <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that's no, not music I added yeah. No, and, that's just
2: uh, going on. I just want to add, uh, now you see me, because we didn't mention it in this episode. <laughs> we needed to make sure that we kept that calendar All on. Alright, let me
1: tear the cu- countdown
0: calendar <laughs> off. On. <laughs> uh, on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye! Bye. Bye! Goodbye.
2: You're unbelievable. <laughs>
1: I'm not afraid of